Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, and I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Scott Henderson of the Salad Station, and in 2012, founder and president Scott Henderson envisioned the concept of a salad restaurant providing fresh local produce combined with fast and friendly service. And we're going to talk to Scott about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs a one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. As you were saying, we're meeting with Scott Henderson of The Salad Station. And in 2012, founder and president Scott Henderson envisioned the concept of a salad restaurant 
providing fresh local produce combined with fast and friendly service. Hi, Scott. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Marty. Thanks for, thanks for the invite. I'm glad to be on to share a little bit about the salad business. Uh, thank you, Scott. This is my pleasure. Um, I thought we can maybe start and tell our listeners where you're calling from today, Scott. Yeah, calling from our support team's office here in Hammond, Louisiana. We're about uh, located about 45 miles north of New Orleans. Oh, good. Fantastic. How's the weather there today, Scott? Is it warming up a bit? Yeah, it's been pretty good spring weather. See the flowers blooming. Um, uh, this week has been a pretty good day. I do believe we have some bad weather coming in uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Potentially is what I've, I've been saying, but uh, so far it's been a pretty week. That's fantastic. Maybe, you know, Scott, I was thinking, you know, we can go back to, you know, the beginning of the salad station. You know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, we can go back to 1943 with your grandfather, or we can go back to 2012, either or. But, you know, maybe you can tell, you know, a little bit about the history of the salad station and how it got its start. Yeah, no, I'll take you back real briefly. So uh, we're just a Louisiana vegetable farming family. My uh, late grandfather that you mentioned started a 20-acre mm-hmm. farm. Uh, today, my uncle and my cousins have grown the farm to be uh, the largest vegetable farm in Louisiana, uh, of Produce Farms. Um, uh, about 30 years ago, our family, uh, led by my mom, decided to expand into the side of vegetables and mm-hmm. open large open-air produce markets. Um, that name is Berrytown Produce. Um, now, Berrytown is much more than a produce market. Uh, In 2007, I was working for my mom and my family at Berrytown. Uh, I was actually doing a wholesale produce route, uh, delivering Mm -hmm. produce to restaurants, um, and had a route throughout our local town and delivered produce uh, from Berrytown to all the restaurants. And uh, one of my better restaurants one day stopped ordering produce from me. Uh, So after a Mm -hmm. week or two, I I said, let me go pay them a visit and and, and just to see why why they stopped ordering produce from me. I was uh, young at the time. and. so um, uh, when I went there, the, they were closed, and so I, I called the owner just to check on them. And um, on that call, he said, "Well, how about you buy my restaurant?" And so uh, wow. considered it. And at age, at age nineteen, I opened <sighs> my first restaurant, which happens to be wow. a steak and seafood restaurant. That's um, so that's kind of how I got in the restaurant business from yeah. the farming business and the retail. Mm-hmm. And um, several years of hardship with that business, uh, and several years later, that uh, we're proud of. It's now a award-winning steakhouse here in our hometown. Wow. Um, so that's how I got my uh, history. Didn't know anything about the restaurant business. I only knew about <laughs> right. farming and selling yeah. produce. I knew nothing about restaurants. And uh, mm-hmm. but at the age of 19, I went to I guess the school of hard knocks and, <laughs> and uh, learned the restaurant business side of it. And so wow. then. In 2012, that's when Salad Station began. So uh, in 2012, I approached my mom in the back of our warehouse here at Berrytown and said, mm-hmm. hey, I have a vision of a of a restaurant combining kind of our family's expertise in produce and with now my experience in the restaurant concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, little did I know, she had always envisioned a type of restaurant like that, like Salad Station. Wow. And, uh, and she said, and we never communicated that to each other. And it was immediate. Let, yes, let's do this together. Let's do this as a hobby. Right. Um, you know, we had successful restaurants and, and businesses in the farm, and but she's like, let's do this. And uh, so then the hard pitch in 2012 with my, when it came to my dad, which is our CFO of mm-hmm. our, all of our family businesses, and 
my dad said, you know, you, you got to sell 62 salads a day to, to, to pay your bills. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's 62 people in Hammond that's going to eat salads in our hometown. <laughs> and uh, I was 25 at the time, and, yeah. and my, we had our other businesses. And, uh, and we, me and my mom both knew that we were, we were going to be customers. You know, we, we loved the concept. Right. Uh, we thought there was a need to eat healthy in our town and uh, eat uh, a very accessible way of eating healthy. And uh, finally, I went to my mom and said, "I'm going to do this." And she says, "Well, I'm with you." And I said, I, I, "We have to. We, wow. we need to know if this thing has legs." And I, I, I know we would be customers. And let's see if there's more than 62 people that would be customers. Right. But, uh, we we did it to bring value to our town, and that that, that was the foundation of it. And we opened wow. in 2012, and uh, three or four days after opening, it was uh, it wasn't 62 people; it was 400 people trying to eat every wow. day. And, and uh, we knew that we, and that was the launch of Salad Station, and we started kind of quickly growing it. And it, it wasn't it wasn't because of the numbers; it was because we saw how much value it brought to our town, mm-hmm. and how people mm-hmm. were saying we need a fast way of eating healthy. And then we started right. looking at neighboring towns, like, well, let's go bring this to the neighboring towns too. Right. And so that's that's the foundation was we were supplying something that was needed. It, it wasn't necessarily to to bring more wealth or value to our our life it was to bring value to our our towns and communities that we live in wow i i've been doing the show 15 years scott and that's become one of my favorite stories now you know i mean just the way the way you tell it you know um i mean it, it's it's an amazing story it seems like you know you were for one you were destined to become an entrepreneur you know at, at, at a very young age um and, and what i love you know, about your business, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, though, is, is just, you know, I, I love the story with your mom, you know, and, and how you, you know, you went into business with your mom, you know, you didn't know that she had the same vision, you know, and, and that's amazing. And it seems to me that it, it's, it's a family atmosphere when we're talking about the salad station. I mean, this is a very big part of, of, of your culture, isn't it? It is, uh, you know, um, um, our, um, for, it goes all the way to to the foundation of yeah. when we said, okay, well let's let's do this. We said, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this not only for the family aspect of what the dining experience is on the consumer side, mm-hmm. but what is it like on our team member side? So my right. steakhouse every holiday is the busiest day of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, every night is a is eleven or twelve o'clock night where you have. Uh, young team members that need to go to school the next day or college, whatever mm-hmm. it is, late rolling silverware. So we we said if we're going to do this, it, we're going to do this as a hobby. If this is going to be a hobby, we're going to make this our dream job. And, right. and we're big on family. We're close family. Everyone in our family works for our family business. So uh, we're wow. built on family. We all support each other. So if we're going to open a business, we want it to be family-friendly not only for our consumers, but for our mm-hmm. team members. We didn't want late nights. We didn't want to be open on Sundays. Right. Uh, so the whole business was built on the family aspect. Uh, now, in 2012, we didn't build this to franchise, but mm-hmm. then when we started thinking about franchising, the business was built to be a family-friendly franchise for the franchisee as well. So the, the whole concept and foundation was built on family. And I imagine being closed on Sundays too. I mean that that you know that sends a message right there. And I would imagine you know as, as I was reading about all of this, Scott, you know uh, about your model. I, I said, well, this is really very exciting. I imagine that it <clears throat> draws in 
um, certain types of franchisees, perhaps, you know, is, is, is you know, and I'm, I'm sure, again, we'll get to this, but um, franchisees who have the same values as, as, as you do. It, it does. It's, uh, you know, it's funny that you said that because um, it seems like on Discovery Days, and for people who don't know what a Discovery Day is mm-hmm. and that might be listening, uh, Discovery Days is where, you know, potential prospects that want to learn more about you come in and learn about us. Mm-hmm. Early on, before I guess we didn't, you know, our, our brand recognition wasn't there. Part of Discovery Day was was sun, was closed on Sunday, but I would say the passion from the people in the room and people looking at South Station that wasn't as high up on on the list. What's what's funny is the more and more people know about South Station, they know that's part of the business model. They come in as that's a top thing for them, and as we explain it on Discovery Days, as Look, we're, we're yeah, we're a faith-based family. Uh, we mm-hmm. are, but that's not that's not the main purpose of being closed right. on Sundays. Bottom mm-hmm. line is, we opened another business and we opened it to be our dream job. And we're my mom and I would never tell somebody to do something we weren't ready. We didn't want to do ourselves, and we no longer right. wanted to work on Sundays. Sure. So if we were going to open a business, we weren't going to tell our team members to work on Sundays. We weren't going to tell franchisees they have to work on Sundays. We we did it because we're not going to tell somebody else to work when we don't want to work, and we didn't want to right. work on Sundays anymore in this business. And that has become a big thing for mm-hmm. potential franchisees. Right. Um, it, it and as we described the benefits of it, and we didn't really know the benefits at the time. We did we mm-hmm. did it based on our own interests, almost as right. a selfish thing to our to our our better lifestyle. But right. as you talk through the benefits of it and the, the opportunity for team members to recharge their batteries to give franchisees a full day of rest where you don't have to, even if you're not there, you don't have to check your cameras. You don't have to uh, worry about inventories and, and checklists and different things like that. But have a full day with no stress. Mondays are our busiest day of the week. It's our most productive day of the week, and everyone comes and recharge. Wow. And I believe our, yeah. our, our consumers, our guests, look forward to Mondays because we weren't open on Sundays. So uh, looking back at it, um, just kind of like my life, being raised in a farming family and then, uh, the 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 main you know closing his restaurant and me getting in the restaurant mm-hmm. business you don't really connect the dots until you kind of look back at the story but the Sunday thing and now you know as you connect the dots it now it, it was all for a, a better purpose. Right. Wow, it's it, it, it's very powerful, Scott. How how do you describe the salad station for someone who's unfamiliar with with the brand, Scott? I mean, again, I'm sure they have a general idea. Maybe you could talk a little bit about you know. Um, some of the popular items like on the on the menu and, and maybe you, you could even talk about if, if you have a personal fra- favorite on your own menu. Yeah, so uh, the best way I describe it is it, because it, it doesn't necessarily exist and, and early on it was it was challenging to, uh, to, to describe our concept is and mm-hmm. I've landed on this. Uh, we're truly the, the most unique or the, the most creative customization restaurant you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. So other comparing it to other concepts, and uh, I'm a fan of all the concepts, but when, whenever, the big thing right now is to be truly customizable. Right. Well, right. Uh, our, our concept truly gives the, the guests the power to be truly customizable. So we mm-hmm. are a self-service gourmet salad concept with over, over 100 toppings, where wow. you can build as little as much of any meal you want. If you only wow. wanted uh, two or three ounces of soup to go with your salad, mm-hmm. everything's weighed at the end. So right. uh, you can uh, you can make small portions, large portions. If you want a salad that's heavy shrimp, 
no one's telling you how much or how little to put on right. white almonds, on on peanuts, on calamari olives. However mm-hmm. you want to build that salad, you're in full control over it. Um, and uh, and the same thing with our soups. We offer a soup of the day along with three standard soups. Um, and uh, and then we have a hot section that offers uh, different sautéed vegetables and uh, different toppings for your salads on hot proteins. But when you walk in, it's like a grown-up playground, and uh, right. you, you can you can uh, you're in full control of what you eat, uh, and and we weigh, and we weigh it on a scale at the end. That's a great concept. How how does Salad Station use technology? today and you know maybe you could talk if you had any like learning lessons scott from you know when COVID happened it seems like you know the last two years it's been hard to do a show without you know someone mentioning you know COVID and how they were able to pivot but you know maybe we could start off a little bit with technology and how you're able to use that yeah i'd like to think that we are um kind of call it here recently uh, we, we call ourselves a tech savvy company mm-hmm. uh we've certainly uh a lot of our days are trying to research new different technologies to integrate with to leverage technologies. Uh, we utilize different types of technologies in every aspect of our business, back mm-hmm. at the house from from uh, quality controls and, and food labeling to temperature mm-hmm. sensors of all of our uh, refrigeration, mm-hmm. uh, digital checklists um, to the front end experience from loyalty to uh, direct consumer marketing. Uh, from uh, uh, customer surveys, mm. uh, it's really yeah. hard to imagine a, a world where you don't have access to these tools. And I, right. I, I couldn't be more excited to expand. I, I really, we're trying to leverage technology uh, to the uh, to the most uh, capabilities we can we can mm-hmm. come up with. Wow, that's fantastic. You, you do kind of wonder, Scott, how they did it in the old days, right? You know, is uh, you know. 30, 40 years ago, you know, before all this technology was available, you know, I mean, it just, um, I, I can hear the excitement in your voice and, and how you want to share that, you know, with your customers and share it with, you know, your, your franchisees. So I, I think that's really exciting. I guess, I mean, it's safe to say your industry is is a big industry and it's also a growing industry, Scott. It, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's like you mentioned earlier, it, I I've, I've still find it hard sometimes to eat healthy, you know what I mean? When you're on the run, you know, sometimes it's hard to eat healthy. So um, I, I guess it's safe to say that your industry is big and it's growing. Yeah, I, you know, in comparison to other sectors of the, of the restaurant world, QSR, mm-hmm. fast casual, it's yeah. probably, I don't know the statistics, it's probably smaller, but it might be the fastest growing. Um, and then, you know, the underrated part of it is uh, when you really think about it, and this applies to our own life before salad station, other type of salad concepts existed, a lot of people for lunch, uh, they lean on a sandwich uh, for a lighter version of a lunch, a quick lighter version of, right. of lunch. And, right. and, and when, if you, I really believe there's a lot of blue ocean in front of the salad section. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I really believe there's a, a number, a, 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 I don't know the size of, this, of the market sector, but there is mm-hmm. a big chunk of it that could come from the sandwich chain side that people and these communities are, are getting a, a sandwich as their version of a lighter, healthier version of a quick lunch. And it's just because there's no other yeah. options available. So I think there's huge upside, even from yep. other sectors that people are dining in, in those restaurants, because mm-hmm. there's not the option of a, of a salad. 
Right. I like how you use the term Blue Ocean, Scott. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite books, you know, and, and, and I thought about that too, you know, as, as I was studying your model. Um, here's a tough question for you. I, I don't know if you could answer it off the cuff, but what's been, what's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you since launching Salad Station, Scott? I'm sure you have 100 stories, but, I mean, does anything kind of stand out over the years? It is a tough question, and yeah. I, I got to be honest with you. Probably a lot more things stood out before the pandemic, but yeah. the pandemic is like the big elephant now. Like that's sure. all. Uh, yeah. Whatever happened before the pandemic is uh, right, exactly. is foggy right, at best. I get it. <laughs> uh, but I will say this: the pandemic opened doors to, for us uh, that uh, we didn't know would exist. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I will share, and I guess this is interesting. Um, Ever since we started Salad Station, we, we started with my dad telling us, I don't know if there's 62 people that's going to eat salads. <laughs> then we go to the next town and do it. And every time we opened, it was like uh, it was a question like, uh, does this concept have legs? Is, or, is right. this a successful restaurant? Right. Or we, we always had something to prove. And, and to date, we've opened 26 locations. And every single time leading up to it, I still have that. I don't know. It's not, I wouldn't call it doubt, but yeah. maybe a chip on my shoulders. But I want to prove – and I, that that this is going to be successful. I never felt successful, right. uh, and the for, for the first time in the life of Salad Station, and maybe in my entire life, when we felt like we were getting through the pandemic and mm-hmm. we were getting to the end of the pandemic, and it hasn't been that long yeah. ago, uh, and we, right. we we knew we were going to get out of this without losing a single restaurant. For that one glimpse of a moment, I, I felt what well, I thought the, the closest thing to feeling successful I've ever felt. And wow. it wasn't because we had 500 restaurants opening. It's because right. at, at the beginning of the pandemic, the pandemic, I didn't know we were going to have a business left. Yeah, um, I right. didn't know if, if we yeah. would even exist. Mm-hmm. And being a self-serve concept now, I'm very proud of this. Uh, way prior to the pandemic, our concept required people to wear gloves to come, to come in. We, we pride mm. ourselves on cleanliness, food right. sanitation, gourmet, we're a gourmet experience, and, and so right. we had a vision. Like, we even when we asked, we surveyed people. Like, what do you think if if you had to wear a glove to come in our restaurant? And some people said, well, that's a little crazy. On our mm-hmm. end, we we ultimately decided it would be kind of a novelty thing. It would be something that right. children and people say that's the restaurant that is. They're so clean and so gourmet that they make you wear right. restaurants, make, wear, wear wear gloves. Now looking at it, that's the standard. You have, you know, uh, right, so right. Things have changed, but we were doing those things prior to that, but. Uh, by far, That's my most incredible. proud moment is the fact that we got out of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. Not a single franchise closed. Uh, that's that's when I really felt the most successful out of that. Uh, there was uh, never-ending challenges to the pandemic. We, mm-hmm. I hate to say this because I just told you that we believe we're a tech-savvy company, but we did yeah. not have an online ordering app uh, when the pandemic right. hit. Uh, we had yeah. – just like every small growing restaurant we had, we mm-hmm. wanted to. Uh, right. Maybe we either we couldn't afford to or wasn't a priority. But uh, within 48 hours after, I think I have it journaled down as maybe March 12th, but uh, wow. 48 hours after we realized they shut down everything down, like we had an online ordering for our franchisees. That's we incredible. Literally, uh, me, our director of operations, and our RT uh, guy didn't sleep. We we just we said, you know what, we have to figure yeah. this out. and. Uh, we weren't doing a ton, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. but we we launched online ordering within 48 hours. Um, South Station, we had some 
other challenges that were maybe more unique to our business model. We mm-hmm. had to uh, multiple states. We had to write letters to the to, to governors asking mm-hmm. for variances in their protocols and procedures, and uh, we laid out our procedures that we do require gloves. Uh, we all the food safety protocols we have, we laid that out, and we got variances for our restaurants to operate close to our concept and our business model. Right. So, I mean, a lot of that stuff, looking back, I'm really proud of. It was like, oh yeah, we just went to work. We worked really hard and uh, really, really, really proud that it, it seems like we're out of it. And um, we, uh, all of our, all of our restaurants survived and are back to being very successful. Wow, that's an amazing, amazing response, Scott. Uh, what types of characteristics um, do you look for? In, in, in your franchisees, Scott, you know, we, we, we mentioned some of them early on, but is there anything else that's important to you before taking on a new franchisee? The two biggest things that stand out to me, and um, it, it just really resonates with our family, but mm-hmm. we really look for people who are really hardworking. And, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you, you have to chop every salad or you have to cut every head of romaine. But overall, just the way you live your life, whether it's, you know, whatever job you do, whatever you do, but just by nature, you're really hardworking. And the second thing is, and this goes back to our family values, is we want somebody that's going to be very generous. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You're passionate about serving others, and you want to bring value uh, to your part of the country. It's it's not someone that says, I think I can make a lot of money if I open a store in Orlando, Uh, but someone that says, Orlando needs this concept. We don't have a healthy, fast, approachable, uh, kind option in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I want to bring this to the Orlando market. Uh, but somebody right. that's really hardworking, and they, but they have that generous mindset. That right. Not that they want to open this for themselves, but they want to open this to share this with their town and their I communities see. and their part of the country to live in. Wow. That's powerful. What's the training like, Scott? I mean, once you decide you know, that you – do indeed like them, you know, they like you, and they do want to come on board as a franchisee. How does the training work? I mean, do they come out to corporate for that, or, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. It's probably fairly comparable to uh, other uh, mm-hmm. franchises. Not that I know mm-hmm. a lot about other franchises. I tell, uh, we, we tell, we shoot people straight uh, with, uh, in discovery days, we say, look, uh, I, I have a great team of people that, have worked with Smoothie King and Jimmy John's and Raising mm-hmm. Canes, you name them. We have right. great teams of operators that have experience, but I know farming, I know my restaurants, I know salad station. Mm-hmm. That's the only jobs I've ever had. Right, but right. with that said, uh, uh, we, we conduct five classroom sessions, uh, classroom slash video sessions, and then we do roughly about 20 days on site. We have a great uh, training department, probably mm-hmm. one of our better departments. Uh, we really want people prepared um, before a restaurant opens, we're on site for seven days, or to be exact, uh, uh, four days prior and three days on. And, and depending after that, our ops team then takes over, but they're on site multiple weeks after that too. Uh, probably kind of uh, standard from a lot of other type concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found it to be very successful uh, this way. Uh, we 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 kind of reevaluate each time and feel like mm-hmm. if the, was the franchisee, was the staff, was the team, was the manager prepared for this? And right. uh, I, we're, we're really proud and we're really happy that at, at, by the time we leave off site, if we don't feel like they, if we feel like this business is too overwhelming and and we we spent more of the time on site really 
helping them run the store, then teaching them how to, how to, how to fish, then we, uh, we will stay mm-hmm. longer. Uh, right now, I guess being, one good thing about being a smaller company is we're really flexible uh, on right. our 20-on-site sessions we do. Uh, we prefer if you come to one of our corporate stores here in Hammond. Mm-hmm. But right now, we have two franchise locations of two franchisees doing their training in our Jackson, Mississippi location, our Flowood, Mississippi location. Uh, and we're uh, we the, that franchisee is a great franchisee of ours, and we uh, our team goes up there. It's a added benefit uh, to have us in their stores, and um, they take it as a uh, the franchisee. I think takes it as a compliment that we want we like that you know that we approve of, of new people training in their store mm-hmm. as well. So but being flexible, uh, being smaller, we are flexible, and because right, uh, right now the franchisees coming from Arkansas training. So we, you know, said, well, instead of coming all the way down here, let's, um, they, they have a connection to Jackson. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the same thing with actually, uh, uh, we have a franchisee training for Irving, Texas. That's training in our Jackson market as well. So that may change where, it, it, you know, it needs to be in Hammond. But right now we're very flexible of how and where and how we schedule the 20 on-site sessions. That's great. The um, I'm thinking of a, a, a typical day, Scott. You know, it, it it must be nice. I mean, it's not a business where you have to be there. You know, like a Dunkin' Donuts at you know five or four in the morning. Um, it, it, and I imagine there's probably a lot of prep. You know, in the early part of the day. And I mean, maybe if there is such a thing, you know, you could talk a little bit about you know what is a typical day like as a, a, a salad station franchisee. Sure, it's uh, ironic you mentioned our donuts because the one part of the history of salutation I kind of just uh, abbreviated and didn't talk about. But Mm -hmm. when I was eight or ten years old, and many of the retail side of uh, my parents opened a donut shop, and that played a huge role when you connect those dots. Uh, When you say 4 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I remember my dad at the ballpark watching me play baseball till nine or ten o'clock. And having to get up at 2 a.m. to make donuts wow. because they own this donut shop, and then right. on top of that, getting there at 2 a.m. and having a sticky note on the door saying, "I can't come in today," and 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 no, and even at eight or ten years old, knowing what that did to my yeah. dad, uh, right. just plays a huge role, and wow. it played a huge role. And when we when we envisioned Salad Station, I didn't want any Salad Station owner to feel the way my dad did, right. and the way that my right. mom felt being you know being a part of that. Right. And um, uh, luckily, they sold that donut shop several years later because of the grind, the, the grind and the yeah. stress and toll it took on our family. Yeah, and, and it was a good investment for them. But it, like my mom says, it didn't. They would have gave it away because it was it, that business model and those hours mm-hmm. drained yeah. our family. Oh yeah. Uh, so South Station, we we're seventy percent lunch sales Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the family friendly hours. Mm-hmm. Um, our, I would say our average franchise owner. Uh, is getting to their stores mid-morning. A lot of them enjoy doing, doing the catering deliveries. We're, we've mm-hmm. gotten really big in catering where people would order a, yeah. a complete salad bar for their office. Uh, we have a lot of franchisees that lean, they enjoy that, bringing it to doctor's office and mm-hmm. interaction with that. Uh, but the others, you'll find them if you walk in a store, 11, 12, 1 o'clock, they're behind our serving stations, uh, maintaining our high-quality uh, interaction with, with guests. Uh, a lot of our franchises, we teach this, but we, we, we love to give out free cookies to, to kids and children eating with yeah. us. 
So a lot of our franchisees love walking around, and if they see a child eating, they'll go and offer them a cookie with the parents' permission. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, uh, but they enjoy the family-friendly hours. They enjoy being there. Uh, 11, to, well, 11 to 2 is our peak hours, but like I said, get there mid-morning. Shortly after that, mid-afternoon, they could, uh, if they need to go pick up their kids from, from school or daycare or bring them from activities, they had that flexibility. Uh, mm-hmm. They also had that flexibility to come back that afternoon and set, set their staff up with, um, with reminders maybe from, that, from the day of of different right. things that maybe need to be clean or extra attention or prep, that type of thing. So uh, a typical day of a South Station franchise owner has a lot of flexibility, but yeah. it's heavily geared towards the lunch, uh, the lunch hours. That's great. The um, in studying your, your your background, Scott, you know, I, I mentioned to you, you know, is, is you, you're definitely an entrepreneur. Um, and the majority of our listeners, we we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, most of them have it in their mind that you know they want to get into franchising. Most of them for the first time, and it's it's a little bit overwhelming, I think, in the early phases because there seems like there's so much out there today to choose from. I think they say in the U.S. there's like 3,500 different types of systems. From everything that you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? I think number one is does it solve a problem for your for your town? Um, I'm always in the business. I'm always in the business of trying to solve a problem or trying mm. to bring value. Um, so when you're looking at, it doesn't matter if it's a restaurant, a different sector, franchise, is there a need? Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a need, I, go to the next step. Um, if, that, if there's a franchise in that, in that sector of your town that is needed, go to the next step of looking at that type of business if there's a franchise. Mm-hmm. From there, you know, uh, start your due diligence, uh, and, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I recommend uh, if there's three, four, five of them, uh, right. uh, look at all of them. Uh, if you're capable of going to discover dates for all of them, do that. Uh, but then when you get past all that, when you kind of narrow it down to a certain franchise, um, number one, I think you have to do you have to talk to uh, the current franchise owners as many mm-hmm. as you can. Right. Um, uh, we, we, we're very upfront in our discovery days. Uh, we want you to look past the bells and whistles and the stage lights. Mm-hmm. We want you to look at yeah. what is it like to own a business, a small business? What are the challenges mm-hmm. of a small business? What is it like to be a franchise owner? Because that's different too. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you want the freedom to create whatever you want, franchising is not for you. You know, open your own restaurant. Right. Uh, if, if you want to learn from our mistakes and and and, and right. save money because we've already we've already wasted money on those mistakes, right. uh, uh, look into our franchise. But the bigger part of it is what is it like to be a small business owner? The current challenges of that. Uh, pull back the curtains. Look look on your worst day. On your worst day, ask a franchise what their worst day is, and and can you live with that? Uh, I'll right. never forget. We uh, we opened a corporate store in Baton Rouge, and I was uh, we we had a terrible time staffing that store. And mm-hmm. I was driving home, which is about a forty five minute drive, and I was just and, and this is a corporate store, and I was just beating mm-hmm. myself up. And this is early on, I think in two thousand sixteen. Like mm-hmm. this is you know this is exactly opposite of our dream job. Right. I looked down, it was five p.m. and I, it was five p.m. I was driving home, and I've just spent the first eight years of my life. 
in a restaurant where I had that same feeling at midnight. And I was like, okay, right. well, this isn't that bad. It's still daylight. I'm still right. going on my family at 5 p.m. And, and, yeah. and uh, that's when I was like, okay, even the South Station's worst day, different from a restaurant, a typical restaurant's right. worst day. Um, but that's not a sales pitch for South Station. But do, right. do, right. do your research on the behind the scenes on the very worst day you possibly can. Ask a franchisee as in, if 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 the worst day, you know, whatever that is, um, make your decision on that. That's powerful. Yeah, I've never heard that in in, 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 in fifteen years of, of doing the podcast. I, I think it, it's it's a great uh, response and advice to the the question. So so for the final question, Scott, I, I can ask you because you're, you're the president of the salad station. I mean, where do you see salad station? I mean, if you can look into a crystal ball, maybe three years, five years down the road, where do you see the company? The far, furthest that we are currently looking at is about a year and a half out. We okay. have a map, um, and uh, we have a pass to 50 locations open by 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we aspire to be much, much larger than that. Our vision is to be the uh, freshest brand in the southern United States while working with all of our hearts and staying true to our farming roots. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right now, we have a roadmap to 50 locations for 2023. Uh, into 2023, we we believe we have really a good chance of getting there. Our pipelines are pretty full. We have a lot in development. Uh, when we get to 50 locations, uh, we know uh, we'll have a big celebration. We're uh, and yeah. uh, we we know that will open the doors to a lot of other things. And and right. uh, and I don't know if the next step will be a hundred or, or mm-hmm. 500, but uh, you, uh, the listeners and you, you can count on you could count on a, a a next step after that being much larger. Right. That's fantastic. What's the best way, Scott, for our listeners to get more information on the salad station? Of course, there's the franchise opportunity, but even, even the product itself. Are there any websites you kind of want to direct them to? Yes. Yeah, so um, uh, www.thesaladstation.com. I think mm-hmm. you should probably spell it whatever way you want. It mm-hmm. could be saladstation.com. It could be thesaladstation.com. Saladstation.com. Okay. I think all of them will direct you back to our okay. salad website where our menus and franchising. That's fantastic. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today, Scott, and I would already like to invite you back, you know, in another year or two as, as you continue to grow, because I, I think this is a wonderful franchise model, uh, and it was a pleasure to talk to you today. Yeah, Martin, I really enjoyed it. Didn't really know what to expect, and I uh, really enjoyed speaking with you, and I uh, hope the Thank listeners uh, potentially learn something. Thanks so much, Scott. It was great to talk to you, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. Or you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. 
Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by... Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today you're going to get to hear from Nick Friedman, who is the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk and Moving Franchise Opportunity. And Nick said something really quite brilliant on our show that we haven't heard in over a decade of doing Franchise Interviews. We started speaking about the four F's of franchising, and interesting enough, we ended up with five F's of franchising as we were doing the interview with Nick. And, um, you know, in marketing, we talk about the four P's of marketing, which is product, price, promotion, and place. So I thought this was really brilliant, what Nick said. So here we go with Nick Friedman, the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity. What, um, you know, the majority of our listeners, we call them, Nick, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. What types of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees? You know, uh, what I like to say is there's four F's when considering mm-hmm. a, a franchise, which is also, I guess, starts with a letter F. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. four F's that come out of a franchise. And I think this is what a prospective franchise should think of when they're considering what franchise they want to pursue. And this is, quite frankly, I think what franchisors should consider when they're evaluating a prospective franchisee. Uh, so right. the first F is fit, is fit. You know, do they mm-hmm. fit? In other words, do they have transferable skills that can make them effective at this business? Have they done anything in their prior professional uh, or personal lives uh, that would make them uh, be successful in this type of business? Uh, The second piece is the family side. In other words, does their family uh, support them in them pursuing this endeavor, whether it's their husband or wife or uh, uh, kids or or parents? You know, do they believe in them? Because you don't want things to get tough in their inner circle to say, I told you so. You want them to, you know, kind of cheer them on to get through it. 
the financial piece is important. In other words, are they capitalized yeah. to be able to invest in the opportunity, and do they have realistic uh, financial expectations? And then the last F is the fun factor. You know, can we have fun working with this individual? You know, franchising yeah. very much like a partnership, even though that's not typically called that. So it, you got to have you know a, an alignment of vision and values to be able to enjoy. Uh, working together. So that's really what we look for. You know, we, we want people that believe in the secret sauce that we've already developed. Mm-hmm. We don't want somebody to come tell us that they think it should be done differently. Uh, we want them to tell us that they believe in, 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 in what we've created. And, and sure, we would, you know, want to continuously improve and encourage ideas, but uh, not, you know, we want folks that believe in the system and are going to execute the system rather than trying to shortcut success by doing it, uh, you know, doing it their own way. And I think that's, you know, really no different in our system than any other franchise uh, uh, model that, that is uh, is going to be successful long term. They need to really take into account those factors. That's yeah, no, that's great, Nick. We have this uh, great quotes in franchising podcast. Anytime we hear, you know, Michael Gerber's been in there a couple of times, but we're gonna put that one in there because I haven't heard that in in, in over a decade, and I, oh, I think that's great advice to our listeners. It's really fantastic because it's true. I mean, you could really your business you could teach to anybody, couldn't you? I mean, pretty much, you know. It's but you know, it's interesting in putting those factors in there. You know, like family support, you know, and even fun. I haven't heard that, you know, but it should be an enjoyable business, and you know, because it is a stressful situation for the customers. I guess you got to be able to put a smile on your customer's face, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, you know, there, as you know, there's over 3,000 franchise opportunities out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to separate one from the other? It's, it's got to be something that you can enjoy. And I guess I'll grab another F out of there. I'm, I'm on a roll here. Fulfillment. You know, is, is it something that, yes. uh, you know, we're going to be fulfilled doing day in and day out? Because I think franchising is a lot, a lot like a gym membership. You know, if you join a gym and you've got fitness yeah. goals, you're getting access to all types right. of equipment, personal trainers, coaches, workout groups, but you still got to go and show up and do the work. So if you buy a franchise, you're getting access to the business model in a box. You're getting access to trainers, coaches, you know, fellow franchisees that you can, you know, hold each other accountable with, but you still got to show up and put in the effort to, uh, to execute that business model. So uh, that's where I think those, those factors come into play. Once you decide that, you know, you do like them, you know, and they like you, Nick, you know, and, and there is a fit, you know, what is the training like? I mean, do they typically come to Florida for training? How does that work? If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Nick Freeman of the College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and then go to our Home Repair and Improvements page, and you'll be able to listen to that whole show with Nick Freeman. It was really a fantastic interview. It was great to finally have Nick on the show. And lastly, we'd just like to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big hit. It's hard to imagine we've been doing it now over 10 years, and uh, it's just amazing to see where the podcast podcast is gone. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes and Franchising sponsored by Franchise Interviews. Take care everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.